0: Trev, you and I love talking about baseball, but as much as we love talking about baseball, we love watching it in person even more. And I have good news. We're now partnering with our friends over at SeatGeek to bring listeners $20 off tickets for whatever game they want to see. Yes, $20 off. And All you need to do is head over to SeatGeek, find the game you want to see. Maybe you want to go to the home opener for the National League champion Phillies. I don't blame you. I wish I could be there. And you're going to enter the promo code Ball and get $20 off. Maybe you're just looking to travel to a stadium you haven't ever been to this summer. See some big league action. Last summer, I got to see Sandy Alcantara. It was very exciting. I've been a big fan. i had never seen him throw. And this summer, I can go see him again. You could go see him. All you have to do is go to SeatGeek, enter the promo code BACKSIDEGROUNDBALL, and you'll get $20 off your first ticket buy. SeatGeek, promo code BACKSIDEGROUNDBALL. Do it this summer. Go Check some games out,
1: powered by Riverside. Welcome back to the Backside Ground Balls podcast. Coming to you here on a Sunday morning, beautiful, sunny North Carolina. Dan, how are we feeling on this fine morning?
0: Doing okay. Not bad. Can't complain. It's a, I I enjoy recording in the morning.
1: Uh, 100%. Excited for this pod. Yes, I do very much enjoy recording in the morning. Uh, it feels like a good start. I feel like I actually bring some juice. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm a little sleepy here, but uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna enjoy this day and, and we're gonna make the most of it. So uh, obviously we're into the season now. Uh, opening day was Thursday, and it, it's great to finally have real baseball back on a daily basis. Um, but most importantly. We're going to still take this time to do our preview content, to finalize some of the divisions, uh, make sure we have a good grasp on what those teams are going to look like. So that's going to bleed a little bit into the season. But we are going to have some early spring overreactions. So, Dan, as a born and bred Philly fan, let's hear some overreactions. What do you got for me? What's what's number one on your early spring overreactions? Look, I think it's
0: clear that uh, this Phillies team has regressed. Uh, the season's over. Pack it up. I mean, when's training camp open up? I know the NFL draft is soon. All you Eagles fans out there, just focus on the draft. Uh, got two first-round picks, 10 and 30. Can get a premier player at 10. Um, then mini camp. Can Jalen Hurts back up his MVP year? Because this Philly season, it's over. I mean, you send your two best arms to the mound. You give up the most runs a Phillies team has given up in their first two games since I believe the year was 1885.
1: You, so you give this, up more. You give up more runs than the Eagles' defense did. More runs than the Eagles'
0: defense um, through their first like three games last year, I think. So I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's terrible. I mean this lineup isn't as good as we thought it was. They overpaid for Trey Turner. Um, you know, the, the pitching staff Wheeler. Wheeler's is uh, washed up. Clearly, uh, Nola. It's a good thing they didn't extend him. They're not making the playoffs. They might finish in fourth. Uh, the Marlins look better than them right now. They at least have a win. Um, that would be my my overreaction. Early season overreaction. I think all Phillies fans should just give up. Give up hope. Uh, clearly, last year was a fluke run. People forget this isn't a very. It wasn't a very good team last year. Um, you know, even though they're on paper better. You know, games aren't played on paper.
1: Yeah, I, one hundred percent, definitely, they're not played on paper. It's an eighty-seven win team last year. They're looking a lot more like an eighty-one win team this year. The, the eighty-one. I mean, I a, think
0: eighty-one's a stretch at this point. I stretch. think they're looking between the sixty-six yeah. and seventy-three range. Uh, if you're
1: giving up, if you're giving up touchdowns like they are, woof. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Bring
0: the blitz. Seth. I'm sure we're going to have callers on WIP Monday morning complaining that the Phillies defense doesn't blitz enough. Uh, you know, Seth Joyner's probably on some show right now talking about how this team doesn't care enough. Uh, so, uh, Hey, that's what happened. Pack it in. It's good to know. We only play it's 17 games. Yeah. And when you're owing two, it's over. You only have 15 games left. They got 15 games left.
1: Well, that'll bring me to, to one of my spring overreactions. Uh, this the the demise of the ace pitcher. Mm. We got Nola giving up a big spot in the third, looking sharp through one, right? The three. Like he came through three. It was a Yeah, it was a yeah, four. four. No
0: hits through three.
1: Yeah. yeah. Comes out, lays an egg against a, what, 78-win Rangers team? Mm-hmm. That's not even a playoff team. And then Wheeler comes out even worse. And then you got on the other side of the ball, Jacob DeGrom – Texas Rangers, overpaid. Overpaid. That contract's a bust. It's done. Why would you even do it? I can't stuff looks good. Can't pitch anymore. He can't, he can't stay healthy. And then he's going to go up there and give up touchdowns to, to a below average Philadelphia Phillies team. Corbin Burns, what do you not like pitching in the cold? What's your deal? Yeah, you pitch them Go out there and you. compete. You, pitch with your heart. Pitch with your heart, Corbin Burns. <laughs> you want to complain about arbitration? <laughs> pitch with your heart. All right, you can't go Wait, out there in and cold if, weather.
0: And when it's cold, you got to use your legs. Just use yeah, your legs. Use your cold. legs.
1: Use your legs. Have an approach. Come corner to now. corner. Corner to corner. Robbie Ray, you go on the IL after one start. Why did we pay you if you're going to be soft? Pitch through that injury. Pitch yeah. through injuries. Be tough. This is not the professional baseball. Actually, it is professional baseball where you are getting paid to do it. Sorry, I was. I thought I was talking about Division Three baseball where guys have no no heart. Alec Manoa, what'd you do all off season? Eat Twinkies? You stop at the In and Out too many times. Velo's down. You're not in good shape. Everybody already criticizes you for that. I don't care about that. But when your velo's down, man, now I'm worried. Now I'm worried. Dan, give me another uh, overreaction for you.
0: Uh, another overreaction is. Uh I don't want to say 324 stolen bases, but I'm going to say Jorge Mateo steals 60 bases this year. Uh, he's probably the best base deal we've seen since Ricky Henderson. He's got four four bags in two games, the new rules clearly. Uh, he studied them. Uh, I don't know how much training he did this offseason. He locked himself in his room, opened up the, the rule book, studied the rules, understands pitcher disengagement better than anybody in the league. and I think we'll see Mateo steal 60 bases. Um and I'm going to make a prediction. I'm actually going to go 61, and on the 61st stolen base, he's going to take the bag out of the ground and hold it over his head like Ricky Henderson in the late September game in Boston. That's that might phenomenal. be your image of the year.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's great. I, I could definitely uh, picture that happening. I think that you know he's the fastest player we've seen since Ricky. Uh, he's aggressive. The Orioles want him to run, and for for one of my other ones here. What, what was uh, what was the team bonding like in the spring in San Diego? Not what, good. What, sunny in 75? Yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't get up? We can't get up for games? The Rockies are no good. They're a joke. Their, their owner says that they're an 81-win team. He admits it. He admits it. Yeah, we got an 81-win team, and you go out there, and you drop two? Two? Juan Soto doesn't have a knock. Oh, man. What are we doing? I, listen.
0: Listen, the championship DNA doesn't lie within Padres' locker room, I think is I know, answer. they just
1: got to, like, Manny Machado, what have you won? Have you ever won anything? Mm-hmm. Juan point. Soto, what have you won? Other than in D.C. when you won. He was, carried, was carried. He was carried. Yeah, he carried, was carried. Clearly. Anthony Rendon clearly and Trey carried. Turner were more important. Steven Strasburg, Correct. who yeah. was just the and ace. World Series MVP. Yep, exactly. Juan Soto, you did nothing except take Verlander and Garrett Cole deep xander Bogarts doesn't matter what have you won you were a rookie you were carried by a bunch of veterans when the last time you even sniffed a world series and then you won again with alex cora because you were cheating you have not Cheat, won nothing right. even though that have important two rings. To remember in 18 yeah cheating. they were cheating so xander Bogarts, you're not that good where's the championship dna who's the leader here you lose nice. eric cosmer eric cosmer is a proven winner proven winner and you get rid of him at when to get juan soto you don't want the proven winner in your ball club right now in that locker room. You don't think that locker room needs leadership like Eric Hosmer? There's nobody who hits more ground balls to the pool side for outs than Eric Osmer. They need that right now. They need that grit. They need that guy leading the clubhouse. And they lost they gave they got rid of him for Juan Soto and Josh Bell. Juan Soto and Josh Bell. Why would you get rid of Eric Hosmer? It's a joke. It's time to
0: it's time to press the panic button. It is. Um Look, so I, I I think it's it's it, we've seen enough to know. Um, I'm ready to, to name my MVPs, Trev. I think Adley Rushman, oh, he's hitting 600. He's already the top – you know, one of the top prospects in baseball. We saw how good he was last year. The Orioles were the best team, one of the best teams in the AL after he got called up last year. He's continued it. He had five hits on opening day. I think he's the MVP. I think it's not even close. Um, I don't think there's anyone else in the AL um, – Yordan Alvarez keeps hitting balls into the second deck, but that doesn't matter because he doesn't play a premium defensive position.
1: Did you hear yeah, exactly. And did does you that matter? Hear, did you like did you hear the announcer? I completely agree with what the guy said. Why would you throw Yordan Alvarez a ninety one mile per hour breaking ball?
0: Yeah, it makes Why no sense. Why would you do that?
1: Why um, would you want to throw a ninety one mile per hour? But we're not here to
0: ball. talk about him because he's you know, even though he's hitting balls in the second deck, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, what has Mike Trout done this year? Nothing
1: um Shohei, no championship Otani, not, Shohei
0: Otani didn't even get a win on opening day so I mean I think it's clear Adley Rutschman it's not his fault that the left fielder dropped the ball if he could have waited for the pitch in case it got missed yesterday and then ran out to left field and called it he would have but they're supposed to be got there to do his job they'd be two and oh if it was up to Adley they're one and one that's okay he's still the MVP in the NL I'm gonna go th- for the first time in major league history there's gonna be three NL MVPs um it's gonna be shocking but uh CJ Crone and Trace Thompson are both going to hit 55 home runs and they're going to be tied for first. Um, and then they're going to have to give it to Dansby Swanson because he's going to hit 700. So uh, three MVPs in the NL, Swanson, Trace Thompson, um, you know, because he hits all his home runs in threes now, um, channeling his inner Clay, his brother, who likes knocking down threes. Trace also going for threes. Um, and then CJ Crone, who's probably the best first baseman in baseball, uh, on a Rockies team that look, I thought the Padres were going to be good. They've taken two from 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 them, so maybe the Rockies are the best team in the West.
1: I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. And and speaking of a team that's going to push to be the best team in the West, the Dodgers. The big pickup, Trace Thompson, like you said, obviously he's going to compete for an MVP on a at this point year to year basis. The Dodgers are just their, it's their voodoo magic, and then Miguel Rojas, Trey Turner, who. He's obviously showing that he has no winning ID, ID, identification. He's got nothing. He's got no heart, Trey Turner does. The Dodgers won't miss him. Trey Turner's probably the reason they were losing in the playoffs every year. And, you know, it's just embarrassing. Miguel Rojas, he knows how to win. You can see it there. You can see it in his eyes. He's got that championship mindset. He's a leader. It's great. And so they don't want to miss Trey Turner. Trey Turner's a Boston Philly already. Philly stinks. It's just it's it's a sad scene in uh Philadelphia and Los Angeles is going to prosper with Miguel Rojas outperforming Trey Turner over the next eleven years.
0: Yeah, I mean Miguel Rojas with the rule changes, another guy who studied the rules, he's probably better off. Uh you know, Turner hit a couple home runs and uh thinks he's a power hitter now.
1: Exactly. Put the ball on the ground and use your legs, Trey Turner. You're not a power hitter. The power comes from having the approach of putting the ball on the ground and the process of using your legs. Maybe you can go poolside jack. You're not a power hitter. Don't even try it, even though you hit like eight in, in a week and a half.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hit the ball on the ground, steal bases. That's how baseball should be played now. That's why we made the rule changes. There's no more shift. I mean, it just makes no sense. Look at the guys who are taking advantage of
1: it. Yeah, Jorge Mateo. Yep. That's just great to see. It's great to see. So, All right,
0: and that's it. We'll uh, see you next season. I think we've got it covered. I, yeah. I we're good. Yeah, we're good. We're,
1: we're, yeah, we're, we're done. good, we're good. It, especially because it's a 17-game season like the NFL. You know, we want to make sure that we, uh, we have our good uh, reactions. We're able to be on top of things and able to – get ahead of the the curve you know we we don't want to panic but we want to be able to inform you guys on what what's happening and what's going wrong across the MLB so you know those are some things that you should definitely uh, be keeping an eye out on and and making sure that you're not a uh, you're not oblivious to the fact that that all these things are are real and and that all these things through three games are are happening
0: yeah yeah, I mean, I think that uh, we're just here to inform the people. Um, if our takes are too hot for you, turn on ESPN. They're rational.
1: They're rational, exactly. And and just like, you know, when I can't believe you – I was so happy you brought up Mike Trout because you want to talk about, you know, Championship caliber players, he's just not one of them. Man, he just he only strikes out all the time. He struck out hundred seventy five times every year, every year, or whatever it is. And you know, facing Shohei Otani, throwing a hundred and two with a cutter that moves forty seven inches and at eighty nine miles per hour, like how do you not hit that? Like the game's on the line, you're up. How do you not put a ball in play? Make the defense make a play. How do you strike out there? It's just terrible. And we didn't even get to talk about the World Baseball Classic ending. Um, but no, Dan, that was a that's a lot of fun. Uh, maybe we'll we'll do a couple other segments there. Uh, for anybody who's just listening to this podcast for the first time, if you turned it off, I apologize. Uh, that was uh, our way of just kind of uh, enjoying the first weekend of baseball and and kind of playing our Stephen A. Smith and Christopher Russo uh, impersonations.
0: I love – it's just so funny because, like, it's awesome because baseball fans get so excited for the start of baseball, which is great because you should be, right? Like, when the new season starts, it's super exciting. But, like, everyone needs to remember that this is a six-month process. <laughs> like yeah. Two games in, like, it is – you can't tell anything, right? I mean, you see stuff like this every year. And, and it's just funny some of the – if you go on social media enough – um. Some of the things people say and then uh, a lot of what I saw like last night, especially uh, having a lot of obviously Philly social media is then the people defending themselves like, oh, this is the game that matters. I'm allowed to react this way. That's what being a fan is. It's like, yeah, but like there's a line like if you want to be disappointed, I get like if you have a bunch of expectations coming into a year and like obviously the first two days don't go well, I understand that there's some disappointment. And, like, it's just more of like, oh, man, I wanted to see – you know, I want to see my team win. But
1: two games in, everyone, relax. <laughs> yeah, there's relax. nothing wrong with that. And, like, definitely to a certain extent, you know, like, all, everything we said, we did it in such a negative tone. Like, th- there is some worrisome outings for some pitchers. Sure. Like, you want to see, like, like, Corbin Burns didn't have a good spring, Robbie Ray being injured, like – all those things like that. But it's just, it's all in fun. Like that was not one that was not serious. Uh, That was just a lot of fun to, to kind of sit there and and do that. So let's get into our previews here. Um, So we'll start with the AL Central. We're going to, as the title says, we're going to knock out the AL Central and the NL West, try to get through this as quick as possible. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to hint at an episode, um, but I am going to kind of put the idea out there that, you know, with the minor leagues finally becoming, you know, collectively bargained and a union, maybe we'll get Colin on here and talk about how big of a difference that is, get a minor leaguers perspective on that. So, you know, I do want to get that before that gets lost in the shuffle of of the season is is being able to give, you know, Colin an opportunity to talk about, you know, how important that is and, and kind of just have all of us have a really in-depth discussion about, you know just how important that was to to get change and enact change and, and have everything like that. So um, that's why we're going to kind of accelerate these previews here. Uh, but let's start with the Chicago White Sox. I mean, I I think this like main storyline for me, Dan. Um, I think they've looked really good through two games against the Astros. Obviously, it is through two or three games with the Astros, and it is three games. We're not. We're just made fun of people overreacting. But was the difference for this team just? well-known good guy, Tony La Russa, being at the head and and just getting rid of him?
0: I think it definitely changes the vibe a little bit. I mean, you know this better than anyone. Managers get too much credit and too much fault at times. Tony La Russa was one of the the ones who – one of the worst ones, I guess I'll say. Um, I think it also – like people forget that two years ago, this was a really good team. And if you looked at that roster last year – that was a really good team. They were decimated by injury. I think they're still a team that has a lot of talent. They have a lot of guys on that team um, with superstar potential, right? Like You just look at Eloy Jimenez and, and Luis Robert, and like those are two guys that can be superstars, right? They can be game-changing type of players in your lineup, I think, uh, the fact that Oscar Colas breaks spring with them kind of shows the, the direction that they're going in with Pedro Garofalo. I think that's one of the changes, right? Like, And I think this is a team that's going to be able to, to have a little bit more fun under Tony Larusa. And, um, you know, you look at a lineup that has Robert and Jimenez and Mancada, and, like, Andrew Vaughn hopefully takes a step. Like, first base is his job now, right, with, with Abreu going. So I think this is a team that can be a lot better, and they were already a talented team. If they can stay healthy, right – Dylan Cease transformed himself last year. He took a mm-hmm. huge step forward. He's a one, and you look at his stuff. He's got number one starter stuff. Um, and then you go through without, like I mean, Lance Lynn, crafty as can be, pitches with a ton of emotion. Uh, you want to talk about pitching with your heart, <laughs> like Lance Lynn does. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And and I I just think this can be a good team. I think health is the biggest thing for them. Unfortunately like Eloy and, and Robert and Moncano, all those guys have, have found themselves banged up a lot, haven't been able to get into the flow of a big league season. And if they can, then this team, this team in this division can win it for sure.
1: You know, I'm going to hit on something real quick before we, uh, you know, get into, before I start to get into the roster. And, you know, one of the things that, and I, I don't know if we talked about that, maybe it was like volume one of the backside ground balls was when, Tony LaRusso got hired by the White Sox. And you talk about fit. Now, if you had 40 Lance Lynn's country boys hunting, chewing tobacco, spitting type guys, Tony LaRusso would be a fine fit. But you have old school, like think about what the White Sox were before Tony LaRusso got there. Tim Anderson's getting in bench clearing brawls because he's throwing his bat and having fun. Luis, not even to mention like the fact of the matter that these guys are Spanish, that these guys are African Americans, that these guys are what baseball is. They're youthful. They're having fun. All these things like that. And you bring in the most old school of old school baseball guys who has been on record saying, you know, bat flips are bad and and home runs are bad and all this stuff like that. Like that was a marriage that was failed from the start. And those guys in that locker room, they said all the right things through the time that he was there, but you can't tell me that the difference like if you're going to go higher, if any team other than maybe the Miami Marlins needs a Spanish speaking new school, upbeat, let's have fun manager, it's the Chicago White Sox. And you have to understand Like any decent culture builder, anybody who has a pulse on the people that they have, the employees that they have, would understand you're not putting anybody in a position, Tony La or the players in a position to be successful by bringing in a guy that might not have a personality fit that meshes well with the roster structure that they have. Right yeah, and I, and
0: I think I think ethnicity, ethnicity aside, just the age of that roster paired yeah. with Tony LaRusa was a terrible match. It was a nightmare. like don't really yeah. care where they're from or like that 100%. was not a bunch of veteran guys who have been around the block who understand what a, a manager like LaRussa can you know brings and what he wants. like that's a bunch of young guys who are like chomping at the bit like let me go. Right, yeah. like just let let the horses run, man. Those are young dudes who are full of energy. Yeah. They're, you know, they're they were all. I mean, when Larusa got that job, like you're talking about breaking all these guys into the league in their rookie season, and mm-hmm. you got this guy standing over them, and it's like that wasn't gonna be a good it wasn't a good match from the beginning. And no. so that's why you think like, Hey, now get a manager in there who understands those guys and let's them, like, just go be you. Like, cause I didn't even mention yeah. Tim, right? Like the Tim Anderson too, like great job mentioning him. I, I forgot him um, by mistakes. He's a great player too. Like that lineup, like just let those guys be them strike out, hit home runs, steal bases, yeah. be athletes. Like don't worry about moving the guy or quote unquote, the right way to play the game. No, yeah. go do what you guys do that make you special and the reason why you're on our roster at a young age. Like, to me, yep. that's like the the biggest thing.
1: That is the most important thing. And, and Pedro Grafal, I think he's going to do a good job. He's 53 years old. Uh, so that plays a huge part in that. Just being able to relate to the guys, be able to understand, you know, what it's like to play at that level, what it's like to have fun, what it's like to, you know, just play the game and be the best version of yourself. And like you said, you mentioned guys like Eloy, Louis, Luis Robert. I mean, Johan Mancada and Yasmani Grandol, Johan Mancada is literally a middle linebacker playing in the MLB. Like he's a freak athlete. He could move. He's physical, everything like that. What's happened, right? He still had a 66th percentile barrel percentage, but 19th percentile K percentage, 33rd percentile hard hit percentage, and 18th percentile X, exp- percentile expected wobble like the the peaks and valleys of Yoan Moncada have been pretty true since he debuted obviously he was a part of the Chris Sale trade which now does not look very good for the for the White Sox when everybody was like oh my gosh they got two top 10 prospects and you know that it's been crazy to kind of see but you know i like what you said about Andrew Vaughn Andrew Vaughn is going to play first base for them, which is going to be huge. Uh, He's going to be able to focus on hitting. He doesn't have to worry about being a below average defender. And, you know, what can we get from the pitching rotation? Is Lucas Giolito going to take the step back to what he was? He's been like, you want to talk about peaks and valleys. I mean, you're talking about either being like one of the worst starters in the league or being an ace of L aces and competing for Cy Youngs. I mean, I don't know if we've really ever seen the roller coaster ride that we've seen with Lucas Giolito in terms of, you know, a starter just kind of trying to find value in in any different way and Michael Kopech you know I worry a little bit about the stuff since he struggled with injuries like guys that throw that hard they rely on their velo, which is fine that's very understandable but as a starter in this league you have to know how to utilize your stuff and, and get outs consistently and it'll be interesting to see what what he's able to come out with so any closing thoughts on on them other than the fact that Dylan Cease looked extremely sharp in in game one?
0: No, I think that again. I just think it's health, and and from the pitching side, same thing. Like if you can have Giolito and Kopech and noted good guy Mike Clevenger, um, (laughs) on the at the back end of your rotation, and just like for Giolito, find the mean. Kopech stay healthy. Clevenger try not to be a scumbag. Like those are guys that if they make thirty two starts for you or twenty eight starts for you, and be at the back end with with Cease doing what he can do, and Lynn, you know, continuing to defy the age curve and and pitch with like three different fastballs and not much else, then that's a good rotation. And they can win, they can win this division. That's my question. Yeah, I mean, they can win the division.
1: They can. And it's, it's really like this division. So interesting for me because um, you have teams that are multiple teams that are good enough, but you also have no team that is necessarily good enough to win a world series, I guess would be the best way to say that. Like none of those teams that are like the Astros, the Dodgers, the Yankees, like these teams that build and will have these great rosters with superstars. They've each team has really good rosters, but nobody is that runaway top team. And, you know, another team that I think is going to compete for the division, obviously, and compete at a high level is the Minnesota twins. I feel like, and this is my perspective. You could correct me if I'm wrong, but like, on paper, their roster's been better than what they've performed at for multiple years now. Can they match their name brand talent with their production?
0: I love this roster. Um, this would be my pick to win this division. I really love this roster. I look like a genius. They're 2-0, and and if we're still overreacting, then, then they've got it wrapped up. But no, th- I just think that – Yes, they've, they've underperformed their talent level the past couple of years. I think you're spot on with that. Um, but I think that this version of the roster, I think this is the most balance, balanced and deep it's been in those couple of years. I think to get Correa back at the price you ended up getting him back after that just weird offseason that he had is huge for them. That kind of flipped it from, okay, this team's still going to be pretty good for me to like, oh, no, this is a really good team. And then – the trade they made with the Marlins where i think they fleece the Marlins you give up arias who arias doesn't really fit the rest of that lineup like if you look at that lineup and the type of players right and we've been talking throughout all these previews about some of these teams having a niche and knowing what you want in in your players and having a certain type of guy that you want in your lineup to construct it arias didn't fit this lineup right outside of Correa and buxton who are also going to hit for power there's not a ton of high average get on base guys arias also doesn't run really well so it's not like you're gonna have a guy who hits singles and then and then steal a bunch of bags for you um like maybe Buxton will do they get rid of him and they get back Pablo Lopez who's you know a a really good pitcher who I'm really high on Pablo Lopez and I think he's young he's controllable and they've just built a team that's deep I mean you look at 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 some of the, the the guys that they have um and and the moves they made. If Kepler can find the you know the middle ground of of he's just kind of had really good years and then really down years. Um, but like you look at last year, he's a guy who got killed by the shift. Uh, he's a guy that we don't talk about because um, he's not a big name and he plays in Minnesota. But when you talk about guys who were burned by the shift that were left-handed hitters, Max Kepler. Look, his expected weight on base was three thirty-eight. He was sitting at 298 at the end of the year. Like, this is a guy who there's a ton of room for him to improve this year just by things balancing out, right? Just by He's the luck of the Three
1: years in a row, three years in a row of having higher expected Woba than actual Woba. And a lot that's of that, I think, absurd. is shift related, right? Yeah. And like, that's what I wonder um, is because he had a great spring. And whether that's advancement, like, I don't know. Um, I've been a Max Kepler believer because, you know, I, I guess to a certain extent you were making fun of me before this, because we were talking about Logan Gower, but I do have a tendency to be a slave to the baseball savant page sometimes because it quantifies things that we don't know, like luck and like the actual ability to, you know, we can't control where defenders are, but can we control how hard we hit the ball? Things like that. And he has been a guy that I've been on because of this. And like, it makes me question these things of like, what could it be? right? Like you you have to sit there and like, what could it be? Is it the shift? Is he just like, unlock? Like, I don't know. Like maybe my brain can't wrap around the fact, like, I know there's some people that would just be like, oh, hitters hit. You know what I'm saying? Like some old school guy that's like, well, that expected stuff don't matter. Either you hit or you don't. It's like, to me, that's not where my brain goes. And I just wonder when it comes to Max Kepler, it's like, what? What is he like? Because at this point, it's either he's going to overperform expected stats by a, and win an MVP. Because when you're running on three straight years, it's like you have to get luck at some point,
0: right? I think if you and and it's easier to make that judgment. I think Kepler's interesting. It's easier to make that judgment if you watch that guy every day, right? Like yeah. that's that's like that's why from our perspective, it's easy to be slaves to the Savant page because we're not watching every team every day and every player every day. Yes. Whereas Mm -hmm. like, if you watch a guy enough, right. And you, you you can then take the, see the full picture. And that only gives you one half the picture, but it's a good, don't get me wrong. I do the same thing because it is to look at a guy like Max Kepler and see those numbers. You can then kind of forecast like, okay, at some point this is going to turn just because if you know, baseball, it always does, right. Like at some point you're always going to get the other side of it. And, um, when you play that many games, things from having a good year and an average year are so minimal, right? Yeah. Like, what's the line in Bull Durham? It's a it's an extra hit a week. The difference between two fifty and three hundred or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it depends, but like, continue to go through this roster and look at that. They take a flyer on Gallo. Gallo now in a non pressure packed situation, like Gallo. This screams like he's got twenty homers at the All Star break, and no one notices until the All Star game because he's on the roster. He's like, oh, Joey Gallo's twenty home runs. Yeah, because he plays in Minnesota, he can breathe Uh and he can relax, and he's had a chance, and and he doesn't look out there. And I mean, the Royals went to two outfielders in the gaps and one in the in the shift slot on opening day, but still, like, I I, that still doesn't cover the same distance because if Joey Gallo, like, I don't love that shift alignment. This is a different topic because, like, I feel like you can just topspin doubles to straightaway right field with that shift alignment all day. So, like whatever but i mean look at like just look through this roster and then the, the move to get michael a taylor is a move that nobody talks about but yeah to me that's one of the biggest moves of the offseason for the twins why because you can get byron bucks off his feet and keep him healthy once a week at least a couple times a week hey, like, i go think dh hey byron from- dh bring us that value and, and michael taylor is going to play gold glove defense
1: Dan, from what it sounds like, I listened to the the Twins game because I wanted to see this lineup swing it. And obviously, well, first off, Pablo Lopez looked sharp. He looked good. Um, And obviously, he was injured in the second half of last year. So that's good to see. But from the sounds of it, like, no, Byron Buxton is DHing. Like, Perfect. he is penciled Perfect. in as their DH every day. Like, that's what the broadcasters were saying that that move surprised them because it's, you have an elite defender, but they are fully invested in getting Byron Bucks to hit for 140 games and they're not worried about him playing any center field. And he's going to play some that? center field. He's going to play some center sure. field, especially with injuries. He's going to have to eventually. But I think that is smart. Like, it, it's, it, it's weird to think about. Like, but. You have to understand that these individuals, they might, you know, they might need to get off their feet more. Some guys are more injury prone than others. And it's about your organization. Instead of giving up on the guy and saying, like, uh, whatever, let's try to make this guy as much of a value to us as possible. Well, and how and, many and years can you good. sit
0: there and be like, this is the year? This is the year he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, we win the division. If he stays healthy, like, you can only do that so many times until Before the point you are in the mirror. Like, Right. Like, and what can we, you, we do? You do? What correct. can we do? What can we do to make sure that this happens? This is a great move because guess what, Michael, your defense isn't falling off that much with Taylor Mm-mm. out there. Like you're talking about, yeah. you go from a goal Glover to a goal Glover.
1: Yeah, and, and you then- could argue that like how much, how much of a step backwards is Michael T- a Taylor to Luis Arias, right? And not in terms of like, yes, Luis Arias can hit, but in terms of like actual value to the team, elite defense up the middle, Luis Arias was playing first base for them. And I know he hit 315 or whatever he hit last year. Like you don't need a singles first baseman guy who doesn't steal. And Luis Arias has started off this season great. He had a couple home runs in the WBC against USA. Like he, he very well could be a very valuable asset to the, like we might be undervaluing Um, Luis Arias but in terms of roster fit the ability to take away Luis Arias add a Joey Gallo which gives you some thump add a Michael Taylor who can hit 250 with some power and play elite defense add a keep a Carlos Correa hope a Kepler is playing better to the expected stats hope a Buxton plays every day and you start to see the pieces fall into place of like Okay, you lose a guy who's valuable in a lot of people's eyes and obviously value in the Marlins' eyes, but you almost piece together and make it better,
0: right? Because, especially because now you've opened up first base. Larnage yeah. can play first. You can get you, you got Christian Vasquez, so Vasquez can catch and Jeffers, who can swing it, can play first some. Like yeah. and now now you've you've turned your DH role with Buxton in center. And a at first too. into first bases. Your your rotating DH role essentially. Like okay, yes. who's a guy that's a hot bat that we can stick? In? You have several guys that can play over there. Yeah. At first, you this guy's hot for two weeks. He gets the majority of the ABs at first. Buxton's DHing. Taylor's in center. You're keeping Buxton healthy. You're keeping that lineup together. And in return for Arias, if you want to swing into the pitching real quick before we move on, yes. you get a guy like Pablo Lopez, who's yeah. a really good and like you said, like all star level pitcher in the first half. Battled some injuries. It's good to see him healthy again. Goes out there, has a great first start. He's a guy who, like, again, look at the pitchers they've acquired. They clearly have – just like they they know what they want on the offensive side, they know what they want on the pitching side. They lose Wes Johnson, which we've talked about in our college episodes, which is huge. But, I mean, I think that this pitching staff is is really underrated as well, in my it opinion. Is,
1: it is really underrated. And the guy that we're not – like. If you told me why I like this staff and why, because A, it's so Minnesota, and I'll tell you why I mean that. Pablo Lopez could be their ace. Kenta Maeda could be their ace. Joe Ryan could be their ace. Sonny Gray could be their ace. Tyler Maley could be their ace. They don't have any Max Scherzers, Jacob DeGroms. They don't have big names. They don't have guys that are lighting the world on fire type level aces, but you have five guys that on any given year, if they take one step forward, are Ace caliber pitchers, right? Like, there's no like Kenta Maeda when he came over in, in 2020 was phenomenal. Unbelievable. With the 2.7 ERA, 80 Ks in 66 innings. Again, that was because the Dodgers had the luxury of depth that they could move a, a Kenta Maeda for a Bruce Darker Adderall and still just seamlessly transition. But, you know, if he comes back, look good in the spring, if he comes back and he's the Kenta Maeda that they traded for—that'd be awesome. Pablo Lopez was ninety-six with life yesterday. Mm-hmm. Not to mention he has an elite change-up. And he's probably adding some other piece to his arsenal because that's what they do. Because then you talk about Joe Ryan, who is a guy we we can talk about Logan Gilbert at a different time. You add the split finger and Collins talked about this and we'll have to get him in more depth. And, you know, on future projection, Carlos and Ben talk about the split finger, how hard it is to add, but how effective it is when you throw a good one. And there's this whole debate of whether the split finger, why people don't try the split finger more. It's starting to bleed into major league baseball. And, Joe Ryan adding a splitter and why that works, and Colin talked about it. Some guys cannot pronate enough to throw a change up. Some guys, whether it be wrist anatomy, elbow anatomy, their arm path, their arm slot, anything, shoulder. There's so many factors that go into it that if you have big enough fingers to dig in and throw a split and just kill spin and throw straight over the top. Joe Ryan's a straight over the top guy and throws a a high vert four seam fastball and just have a split come off of that. But now you're talking about a guy who is really, really good. I mean, his fastballs have been really effective. He bears down on hitters. He gets that high life. Sonny Gray, he hasn't been missing as many bats as he used to, but he's getting soft contact. We saw that yesterday with the against the Royals. He had five innings pitched, no earned, with four walks and one strikeout, but no earned. I mean, that's not sustainable, but that's Sonny Gray right now. And Tyler Maley might have the best stuff out of all of them.
0: And again, that's a guy who battled injury in the second half, but you're, you're you're gambling just like they did with Lopez on a guy who was an all-star level pitcher in the first half. And I think that he's also someone who comes from an organization where the Twins do pitching better, and he has a better chance to succeed in Minnesota. And Before we move on, just touch on some of the depth that they also have as far as pitching goes. And, you know, depth pieces, but still pretty good ones to have. Like, we, we have yet to see Jordan Balasovic. Like, you could see him at some point, right? That's a good depth piece to have piece to have Chris Paddock's a flyer who's injured but if he ever comes back that's good depth to have Simeon Woods Richardson it's pretty good depth to have like so now you're talking about okay six seven eight starters who at least are replacement level and you're gonna need that how many teams no no major league team I don't know who needs to hear this no major league team gets through the season using five starting pitchers impossible too long of a season. It's too hard to keep guys healthy. So to then have six, seven, eight be guys who you're not going to run out there and hold your breath the whole time. Who can yeah. flash and give you good starts every once in a while? That is huge, huge throughout the course of a major league season. Because it, it never looks how it looks on opening day after like the first month of the season ever.
1: No, and the last thing I'll say on this: the difference between this team has been with the with the Twins recently has been we talked about depth. They're obviously deep on the pitching staff, is and again, how many times have we said this? Anybody who's listened to every episode of this podcast knows that this is how we believe you win, and it's the edges of your roster that offensive depth that they have not had, and quite frankly, it's been weird because it's guys. It's not like they're bringing up you know Oscar Colas. Let's just say, right, or Edward Oliveres with the Royals, like these guys that aren't hype prospects, Royce Lewis, Trevor Larnett, Alex Kirloff, Nick Gordon, guys that were at different points top 25 prospects that don't come up and perform. Like, that's the depth. So, like, whether that's an organizational issue where they need to fix that, like, it really seems like it's been. Buxton and Correa and that's it sometimes, you know? So I really want to see that them be able to flex their depth and let's go into the Kansas city Royals here. Uh, Obviously like we could sit here and talk about the youth on their roster. It's, you know, Bobby Witt's going to be a superstar in this game for a long time, but Dan, just to kind of, you know, obviously there's not much to talk about with their pitching staff. They're not very good other than Brady Singer and and it's going to be a long season. What I want to center this conversation around for the Royals is the direction of the organization. We talked about this with a little bit with the A's. Um, having no direction can be almost the biggest impediment to success, right? And being confused in your direction can be even, and even larger. When you look at the prospects that they have, Gavin Cross – very good first round pick. Had a great year at Virginia Tech last year. Um, he's our only top one hundred prospect. They basically wasted two first round picks on Frank Mazacato to save some money, and then Ace Lacy, who everybody thought was going to be an ace. What can the new management team do? What can the new management group do? Because they had well respected management before to help with the direction of this team. Because you look at this roster, it's not very good right now. They have some pieces. But where do they go from here if you don't have the prospects to fill in in the future?
0: Yeah, we did an episode over the summer when the change happened, when J.J. Piccolo was named the new um, VP of Baseball Ops and GM. And, and you know, I'm optimistic because I have no reason not to be, I guess. You know, I have too many other things in my life that I'm cynical about. So I'll be optimistic of the direction of the new regime in Kansas City because why not? And, I mean, to me, it's it's what we've talked about a bunch of times with these teams, and it's it's just – go you know have a direction and go in it find what you can do find what you want and just stick to it right and i think what that you know after they won the world series in 15 everyone kind of knew who saw that roster that that was going to be a very short window and they, they they tried to take big swings and they missed right you, i think of guys like Ace and it's just like you know you you had draft concerns with him. I remember Yeah, can when I he cut can
1: I, cause, sure because I want to talk because you brought up a really good point with like having a niche and that's something we talk about is if you remember, and obviously 2020, I and I remember this conversation, and Asa Lacey is probably like my pride and joy at this point of being correct. I'm sure right, I've yeah. been wrong just as much as I've been correct. But I remember saying and I quote, I wouldn't be surprised if the Royals took Emerson Hancock and the Mariners took Asa Lacey because that was their trends in draft. Correct, and they went the opposite. Opposite. And there was a part of me that felt like an not an idiot. I was confused. I remember talking about when we like kind of debriefed the draft and we're like, "What? What were your thoughts?" You know, not that I was excited. I was worried for both of them because both of those organizations have struggled with the pieces. Like like the Royals have not turned an Ace Lacey into a major league starter ever, ever. Right. Right. I mean, it's it's no question. Like who's the high ceiling starter that they've ever developed? Zach Granke had a high floor with a Hall of Fame ceiling that was, you know, I'm not saying easy. High school right-handers aren't easy to develop, but he was – Ninety-eight to hundred with elite command, like it's it's pretty self-explanatory. If you can, get yeah, him they we're not
0: giving him credit for for Greg Key,
1: right? No, it's just it, he is a unicorn, and the Hall of Famers right. usually are. Emerson Hancock has not been good with the Mariners. Don't go off your niche. The Dodgers never go off their niche. The Astros never go off their niche. Know what you want know what you like. If you want to take high floor starters, I mean, look at what Brady Singer's developed into. He's added some better stuff. He's become better. Don't go get an Asa Lacey if you don't have the, the player development. Well, again, develop I think him. that's why
0: I said like they 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 were taking the swing, right? Asa Lacey yeah. was kind of the darling of that class. He was the guy that had the big stuff that everybody was kind of drooling over. Now, there were guys in that – like there were guys in that draft who I know you and I liked better. I've been a fan of Hancock for forever. Max Meyer was in that draft. Um so there were guys that you know I think we both thought were better I don't know fits or just better tickets to take than that one. And especially Damn. when you say, and then and then bring in the point you just made, which is a great point. Like now tie that in and it's like, well that makes no sense why you took the guy you did. Take Max Meyer. Max Meyer might be in the big leagues, right? Now. I don't know because you he's never hurt. know. But like, I know hey, he's, he's hurt, he's but like I'm saying, down, like, he, yeah. you could have seen like Hancock might be in the, well, Hancock's knocking on the door anyway. I don't know how, if he would have done better in the Royal system because I think the Mariners have kind of turned things around on that aspect when you look at George Kirby. And, and you know, because that's another command guy that they, they, they went with kind of out yeah. of their the range. And Logan Gilbert's obviously turned into a really good pitcher, but it's beside the point. I just think that, They got to find a niche and they got to go for it. And this is a big draft for them. They have some people on the offensive side, but like this is now the first time that, that JJ Piccolo can be like, okay, this is how we're going to do things. And we've talked to Carlos and we've kind of, even before we heard from Carlos, we talked about it when the Phillies did it. Like they just got it. And we've talked about it with the Orioles. Like they got to be able to communicate top to bottom, right? Like that's the thing that it's not, it's not flashy. It's not some secret sauce that the Rays are putting into their gumbo to make nobody's really good. They communicate from top to bottom really well. They have a path. They don't get scared off of it. They stick to it. When they fail with a couple guys, they don't say we need to change everything. They know what they want. They, they get guys who are good at coaching it. They get scouts who can who can recognize it. And then they they have a, a major league setup that <clears throat> allows those players to flourish right you see it in milwaukee you see it in minnesota like you see it all over so that's just what the royals need to do okay forget what the pat like forget about where your roster's at now forget about the swings and misses you took since the world series in 15 and just move forward starting now and i again i have no reason to think that they're not going to do that
1: no i, I yeah i mean it, they have to prove otherwise but any, any closing thoughts on the Royals? Obviously, like MJ Melendez, Bobby Witt, like interesting Bobby, pieces. I mean, like Sal- Salvador Perez, like, but we could give Bob, like, honestly, like, this is my opinion. Like, we should, I think, Bobby Witt doesn't deserve a Kansas City Royals section. He deserves Correct. like his a own Bobby podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, we'll and talk about thing, Bobby and- Witt in the season when he's raking and stealing bags.
0: Those are the guys. Like, if you're gonna, if you, if you want a reason to watch the. The Royals, it's it's Vinny Pasquantino, it's MJ Melendez, yes. it's certainly Bobby Witt. Like that's turn them on for those guys. Catch a yeah. Brady Singer start, um, and and like love go from some there.
1: Salvador Perez too. I mean he yeah. t- swings at everything, but he's been he's actually grown into more of a power hitter. So you know I want to talk about another organization, and again we're going to go big organizational view here with with this organization as well before we close out the AL Central with the Guardians is the D- Detroit Tigers. Pretty much kind of the same conversation as the Kansas City Royals, but potentially worse. They've been drafting at the top of the draft for longer. Um, They've had some success with certain guys, at least in terms of their prospect type. Riley Green was a top 10 prospect. Spencer Torkelson was a top 10 prospect. Matt Manning was a top 10 prospect at certain points. You have guys in the farm system right now like Jace Jung, Parker Meadows, and Ty Madden who are all – really good potential. They only have three top 100 prospects for a team that quite frankly has not been good for any stretch of time in recent memory. So again, what has gone wrong with their player development from the outside looking in that has allowed guys like torque and like Riley green to regress at certain points That leave them, you know, where the cupboards bare.
0: I don't know because it's frustrate. It's frustrating because you look at some of the names. You look at Riley Green. You look at Spencer Torkelson, um, and obviously Jace Jung and Jackson Jackson Job will will maybe turn out better. But their timelines certainly down the road a little bit more. They're still pretty young. Uh, Jung's twenty two, but Jackson Job's twenty. So like, there's still a lot of room for him to develop, but the Tigers are just one of those teams that like, I don't want to put them in the category of the pirates because I just, I really don't no, respect I, the pirates. Yes. Organization, but I will it's put like, them in the pirates. It's so, it's so frustrating because it's another team that has no direction. It's another team that you look at what they've done. Like, why did they sign Javi Baez? I mean, sure. They had the money. They can do it, go do it. Why not? But like, why? And then you take, and not only that, but you, you go get a guy. Like to me, I guess personally, if I'm rebuilding an organization, I guess when I'm at the point the Tigers are at, I'm taking high floor guys instead of high ceiling guys. If that makes sense for my big league roster right away, like I don't want Javier Baez, whose splits are going to be huge, who's gonna who's going to either hit two twelve with seventeen homers like he did last year, or he's going to somehow pop thirty five because he's an elite athlete. Like I don't see where that that move made no sense to me but like it's frustrating because you also look at like think about all the pitching like does anyone know where Casey Mize is or what happened to him like and then obviously you've had some some injury issues with Tariq Skubal but it's just like th- this could have been this could have been <laughs> fixed right like you you say these oh names and gosh. it's just like what happened like what has gone wrong i don't know but like it's honestly like i don't even want to think about it or or Pay any mind to it because it's just like I, whatever Detroit's doing, they're doing. I don't know, and I don't really want to care.
1: The fact that you mentioned those two names, and for somebody who prides themselves on being like a prospect junkie, and you got me to visually react the way you did, was just like it just tells you everything you need to know about because there is potential there. I mean, now that you say it, I know why they signed Javi, right? Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson are they thought they were going to be be good at this point. They're supposed to be high-floor guys. You have Tariq Skubal, who has ace potential. You have Casey Mize, who is – let's just call it what it is, a three or four, right? That's and He
0: was was the – what's weird is like I don't blame them for taking Casey Mize. Casey Mize was the consensus guy that
1: you're like, I think that was the right pick. It was easy. But like how did he – How did you mess that up? Right. How did you mess
0: that up? up? And and
1: to your point – that is a good point because Torkelson
0: was – like Torkelson was – they, they took in – Riley Green was like pro-ready. Torkelson was pro-ready. Casey Mize was pro-ready. What happened that they were like, yeah. You had what, all what, 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 these what, what, experts, and, mm-hmm. and I know we get prospects wrong and it's flipping a coin a lot of times, but when you have that many people who do it for a living, evaluating these guys, all saying that these guys are pro-ready, and you go 0 oh, for right now is what it looks like, how?
1: It's a, yeah, I don't know. And and then you factor in the fact of the matter, like as I'm starting to break down what this roster should look like in a perfect world, I can see a little bit more of direction and faith. Austin Meadows got hurt last year. You had Austin Meadows into that mix with Green, with Torque, with Javi, with Scope. I see it. Right. You add you add the fact of the matter that you have Scooble, Turnbull, you have Mize, you have Eduardo Rodriguez, who, quite frankly, when he left the Red Sox, was really, really good. Yeah. was really, really good. And people don't give him enough credit for it. And then he comes to Detroit. And I don't know if that was uh, – I know he missed time for like un- announced reasons so I don't know what that was but whatever happened to him he stunk last year when he pitched like his stuff was bad and his stuff's been bad this spring he was bad when he left the Red Sox he was a very good pickup for them and he's been bad is that a Tigers issue is that an Eduardo Rodriguez issue I don't know what happened with Matt Manning Matt Manning was a really good prospect that's one that I, I, we I, miss we miss prospects all the time Right, because it's a lot easier to get outs in Triple A than it is to get outs in the big leagues. But since coming to the big leagues, he has gotten rocked at every turn, and he and, hasn't shown and, any advancements.
0: And maybe we're feeling better about this team if Mize and Scubal aren't on the, the the sixty day IL and yes. they were able to stay healthy and give him more time to develop. And, and maybe we're sitting there and we're going, okay,
1: because was pitching really well.
0: Yeah, he had a stretch there in the beginning of the year where he was, and Mize was coming along, and you could see, he showed some flashes at least, right? He showed that the splitter was was an above-average big league pitch, but I, I, it's just, it's, and you're right, like, okay, so you just kind of painted the picture for me where, like, I could get excited about this team if they yeah. did it had hit, mm-hmm. but how does, it, is it bad luck? I don't know. Yeah. How yeah. is it, like, Ofer? Like, they have some other names on here that, like, if you think back to them in college, like, you go, oh, okay, like. I remember Alex Lang in college.
1: Yeah, he's pitching out of the pen, and he's really good out of the pen for them. Right. Really, like, okay, really, like, really good, good out jo- of the pen. Right.
0: Like, good job. But, like, to your point, like, Matt Manning. And-, and Eduardo Rodriguez, I think, was a little bit, like, he got really sick during COVID and, like, really struggled. And I don't yeah. I don't know if, if – he's never been the same. And that's when he first got to yeah, the Tigers. He's ne- he hasn't true. been the same. So, I don't know if if there's something that's the there only, that, That's
1: the only thing that, from the outside looking in, we you could, could guess, identify. So, like, um, and then on the – but on the offense, like – and maybe Torkelson turns
0: it around. I don't want to just write Torkelson. He's, off. He, I,
1: I'm all in on Torkelson this but, year because I, I, he has great spring. Be. He's a great hitter. He's going to be like he he can go Oppo like like I, I hate to use this comparison, but like he can go Oppo bomb like Miggy like could like so, so he getting, can hit so, in that
0: park. So I'm kind but, of going. I'm doing a complete 180. Real quick. Hold on. So could you see a world where Mize
1: gets healthy? Yes. What, I know what you're going to do. Gets I'll just save healthy. You the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can Total see it sleep. when they're competing Riley, in this like, I, Riley
0: Green also had a great spring.
1: Yeah, I can so see they, it. But depth-wise, they're not there. No, it's no, 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 no. no, to see prospect depth be what it is for that organization. They have not had any second, third, fourth, nah. fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round picks other than Tariq Scouble, who have been worth a lick. Right. They have not like everything's either been their first rounders who make it Tariq Skubal or like Torque was one, one Mize was one, one Riley Green was one, five, like Manning. I think was that's, one, the, frustrating like, yeah. I think that's the
0: frustrating part. Yeah.
1: If you're not identifying tools, athleticism, something in the second, third, fourth, fifth round and developing them. I mean, we look at the, look at the teams that do it well. And again, this is probably another podcast. Michael Harris wasn't a first-round pick. Spencer Strider wasn't a first-round wow. pick. Vaughn Grisham wasn't a first-round pick. The ability to identify and develop guys that have significant traits and make them valuable major leaguers is how you become a good organization. And quite frankly, other than the Guardians, nobody in this division does it. Nobody in this division develops six through 15 rounders into big leaguers, whether it be and, – and that's in anything. Whether it's a fourth, fifth-inning reliever that's a 5th fifth. fifth 18th round pick, that is a valuable draft asset. But, if they st- if they put cleats on the dirt in your big league stadium after the third round, we'd say third yeah. round, you b- got value out of them. Whether they're a base running and defensive specialist, that's value.
0: And I just think that it's not it's not that that's not the death sentence that we a lot of times think it is. If you can be really shrewd at building a roster without just throwing, like where that's a death sentence is, is if you can't develop anybody and then you just think that you can do it by throwing big money at big names. But if you're the twins Mm -hmm. who can still build depth by making shrewd moves, it's not a death sentence. Now
1: Mm -mm.
0: the issue becomes, we're never going to view you as world series bound. You would have to go on a, a special type of run like the Phillies. Yeah. Right. You like you're like a 90 win ceiling team. Like I still don't see. Like I really love the Twins roster. Yeah, I don't see any More agrees. than like
1: 92 games, and Vegas agrees. Yeah, we did the prop bets. Vegas was adamant about so, so, that. No team in here sniffing 90 wins. So I think that it's it's
0: interesting. But I mean, you just made me more hy- hopeful for the Tigers. They need a lot uh, of things yeah. to break right, and I still it's still not like oh yeah, this is a <laughs> playoff bound oh, yeah, dangerous no. team. But it's like okay, I can at least see. The picture's less cloudy as it was when we first started talking about them.
1: And call it what it is. You're one free agent contracts at certain extents are luck, big free agent contracts. You're one good free agent signing away from really turning your roster around. And they have money. Detroit, the ownership there, they're committed to spending. They spent when they were winning. That place fills up when they're winning. Michigan fans are committed to the sport like it's I just it's don't possible
0: think it, there. I just don't love the bias
1: fit. No, I don't even And you didn't need again, one of those
0: shortstops from that class.
1: Well, they wanted they wanted a shortstop bad and they whiffed on whoever else was available. I don't remember who else was all available. I can remember is last year's class. Carlos Correa. Correa. They wanted Carlos Correa bad. And A. J. Hinch is a great manager too. And I like A. J. Hinch. So I believe that he can get the most out of his all, offense. So Let's close out the AL Central quickly here with the Cleveland Guardians. They're definitely a team that's interesting. Uh, We can talk for days about how they build their roster. Again, I've said this time and time again. I've said it with the Marlins. I've said it on here plenty of times. I don't argue with organizations that do things that I don't agree with because as long as if you are committed to your path, you're committed to what you like, and you do it, that's fine right? There's nothing wrong with having a don't strike out and run offense. Is it sustainable over the long haul? That's a debate. That is a question that we can have for days, but it worked last year. Expected stats hate their offense, but this is a savvy organization. They have a phenomenal manager, a phenomenal manager, arguably the best in baseball that we've seen through our lifetime, and the organization gets it. And that's why I like it. The additions they wanted power last year, right? Who's the big donkey that they ended up releasing at the midway point? The big right-handed hitter, oh huge gosh. dude, huge yeah. dude. Yeah, I'm all I can think on is on Oscar
0: Mercado, and that's uh, he was their
1: Well, yeah, leader. he's a, uh, he's a guy that has a different yeah, skill set that's in, going to help.
0: Was it Franchi? Frank? Was he French? Crudeau? No,
1: no, he was with the Red Sox. It's Fran Reyes. Framil Reyes thank was supposed to be. The difference like this, this organization knows they got glorified because they, oh, they don't strike out. They run, they put balls in play, but the organization knew we need a power guy. We need somebody to impact the ball and make a difference. Their power guy just happened to fall on his face. They still were able to have success. Well, they go and grab two guys that have different skill sets, but can at least impact the ball. Mike Zunino had a 532 expected slugging in 2021. He's Joey Gallo with elite catching defense and elite framing. That's quite frankly what he is, but it's a lot more valuable as a catcher that can do that, who can, you know, steal strikes for a really good pitching staff that needs it and hit for power. He is a guy who can slug his way into a major league role. Then you have Josh Bell, who's not who's a guy I know that you're not high on, but in terms of what he brings, he's not a 40 homer guy. He doesn't have elite power, but he's a good mix of what – like he's a lot more Jose Ramirez than he is Stephen Kwan, which they need more Jose Ramirez hit for power, hit for high average. If that's what you want, Josh Bell doesn't strike out. He can give you 25 home runs, and he can give you 260 average. He hits from both sides of the plate. He's a platoon. He's you, you aren't going to platoon him. He's going to be a valuable roster asset for you. So when you look at this offense, I know as I wrote this, this rundown for him, I was, I was texting you and in Collins saying, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. I hate Steven Kwan, but that's whatever. That's just my bias against guys that hit for that get lucky for a whole year and everybody drools over, but you know, there is some, there is something with the way they build their team, and, and you know, nobody's ever going to co- claim that the Guardians don't have a, you know, a thought process.
0: No, and the one guy that I think that they're that they're banking on that they're really, really high on um, is Oscar Gonzalez. Um, I think that's the guy that if you. If you were able to ask that organization, who's going to be the guy who can add the pop to the lineup that they so desperately want alongside Ramirez, they would tell you it's him. Yeah. Now, um, if they got anything out of Josh Bell, but like you said, I'm not high on them. They're a tough one for me to figure out. They're one, they're an organization who's really good at knowing what they want, and knowing how to build a a, 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 uh, a roster, and putting together a team that competes and finds themselves in the playoffs more often than not. And obviously, Frank Kona does a great job and. Um, he knows how to manage those guys and he's a guy who's been around a long time but i think young guys thrive under because i just think that's like and that's what that's kind of what they've banked on right when you look at their success like it's a bunch of guys like steven kwan outperforming he's a guy they love he's a guy who kind of fits their lineup i get why you don't like him i'm not in love with steven kwan but steven Kwan's going to be a guy that they love at the top of their lineup and Thrives at the top of their lineup. He's also a guy who I can see, like, the, the Guardians are like, okay, we're done with you, and another team gives him money, and you don't hear from him ever <laughs> yeah. again, right? Like, you look at some of these guys who have had big moments for them, like Framel Reyes and Oscar Mercado, and and then you're just like, they bounce around the league, and they never stick anywhere else, and it's because of that. And, like, look what they did getting Andres Jimenez in that trade. Yeah. Now they extended him. They paid him big money. He's an elite defender. He, he, they he have good.
1: like i saw this on twitter jose ramirez and Andre Cimenez are locked up for as many years with less money than francisco lindor by itself
0: correct and so like the, they they're really good at doing stuff like that they always have guys who are interesting coming up through the um organization i'm a fan of chase de lauder just because he's a jmu guy I and love like, there's chase some DeLauder. promising there's some promising tools there um so like, could he be an impact bat one day? I don't know. Uh, we'll see how he progresses. Um, Bow nailer, they're really high on. Obviously, um, who could be a catcher for them in the future? And and like, they're going to be like the Guardians are never going to jump off the page. I think that's just kind of the fact of the matter. They're never going to be a team that jumps off the page until ownership starts to spend, which will never ever happen. But they'll continue to be the in the thick of that that division for forever. It feels like.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think they're the anti, an, antithesis of antithesis. Antithesis. antithesis of the Tigers because they develop guys that aren't top of the line players Steven Kwan's, Jose Ramirez and turn them into big like they get more out of guys that are after the third round picks that we just talked about with the Tigers that the Tigers have not done at all. If you could combine the Guardians with what the tigers do and getting top of the line picks and making top of the line picks succeed. And then adding in the fact that you can sprinkle in, you know, a Steven Kwan to become a valuable big leaguer and Jose Ramirez to be an MVP. I mean, when was Jose Ramirez drafted or was he an international sign for, you know, pennies on the dollar compared to what some of these, you know, big name guys are. And, you know, they're able to find value. I mean, Shane Bieber wasn't a first round pick and he won a Cy Young and, you know, Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrill was a first round pick who busted with the Padres and comes over and they just milk all the potential out of these guys and they get so much value. And it's, that's what they are not, you know, we talked about this with Dave on two and a half athletes. It's like, too many times we view rosters as fantasy lineups. Like we all Correct. play fantasy baseball. You want every guy to hit 25 home runs, to hit for average. There is value in the seven hitter who does one thing well, there's value in the eight hitter who only plays good defense. Like, and if there's any organization who does that better than anybody, it's the Guardians. And the Guardians have the ability to find pieces that bring value. Outside of what it says on the paper, outside of what it says in terms of on the back of the baseball card, outside of the value that you might see in different from the eyes. You know, you might not visually love this player, but there's a reason they have them. There's a thought process behind it. They just don't throw caution at the wind, which again, the thought process, the communication there, they have a lot of prospects. They do a really good job. They know what they like. I mean, you, you, again, you look at their farm system, and it's a lot of switch-hitting, freakish athletic middle infielders. You want to talk about having a direction and a niche? There ain't no Kansas City Royals going, hey, we need an ace pitcher. We haven't developed any. Let's go Tomorrow. take a flyer on a guy. Like they, mm-mm. If we can't develop a power hitter, they just got rid of a guy, Will Benson, with the Reds, and Reds love power guys, and they added you know, in a one-for-one prospect trade for a younger, guess what, switch-hitting athletic middle infielder. I don't know exactly what his name was with the Reds and the Reds took a flyer on Will Benson who's a high ceiling high swing and miss high power guy and cuz the Guardians are like Mm-mm, we don't have success with that why would we draft in Austin Hendricks when we don't have success with that we need guys and the lotter was the first one where they actually took a guy with like legit tools and like we're like hey like we're going to take a guy with legit tools because he fell that's been the guardians they haven't had the opportunity to take top of the line draft guys because they don't pick at the top of the draft that's normal so that was the first time and will be able, it'll be interesting to see what they can do with that but they're the best bargain shoppers in the league like they're the best bargain shoppers i've ever seen they're the best at doing what they do i know tampa bay obviously has their you know pride and joy in, in being able to bargain shop and develop but being able to build a lineup that really on paper doesn't look good but performs well is, is what the Guardians do well, and that's what smart organizations do well.
0: Yeah, and they have they have some ex- – I mean, like you said, they just have exciting guys. I mean, Jason Churio, the younger brother of Jackson, who's obviously the Brewers' top prospect, like he's in their organization. I mean, he's only 17 years old, but, like, if he can be anything like his his older brother, then he's a guy that, you know, you get really excited about. I, I wonder for this year and this team, this big like Tristan McKenzie, the injury is kind of – Worrisome. worrisome because they expected a lot out of McKenzie but I mean I, Hunter Gatt has pitched the other night and like through fine Aaron Savali continues to defy all of our logic because I don't think either one of us are high on him but um, he continues to pitch really really well like that's just what happens in Cleveland uh, so uh, yeah they're they're a really good organization um, again I don't think they're ever going to jump off the page at you but they're, they're going to continue to operate in such a way that they're always going to be competitive and you know what talking to carlos like that's what some of these smaller market teams want like we wouldn't trade one world series i know their fans would especially in cleveland but like that organization the way it's run they're not going to trade one world series for ever you know sinking below they just want to be really competitive for 162 and make the playoffs
1: yeah, of course. So, um, any closing thoughts on the AL Central before we fly through the NL West and, and talk about some of the teams there?
0: I'd love the Twins. I got the Twins to win it.
1: Yeah, completely agree. I think they're the best roster. But, you know, again, it, it, I feel like I say that every year and, you know, I don't want to say I necessarily get caught with my pants down, but it's it's been time and time again that the Twins defy expectations and the Guardians outperform expectations. It's the way it goes. So... Let's get into the NL West. Uh, we'll start with the Arizona Diamondbacks here. And obviously, they're a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of fun pieces. Um, the additions of Evan Longoria, who was actually surprisingly with, valuable with the San Francisco Giants. They obviously went in a different direction. They got Lourdes Goriel in the trade with the Blue Jays that sent Darton Ver- Dalton Varsho to the Blue Jays, who has been you know, pretty solid with the Blue Jays so far, and they're excited about him. They also got Gabriel Moreno, who is a top prospect. He's exciting. Um Corbin Carroll's obviously the guy that they love. Christian Walker's the most underrated first baseman in baseball. Um, I will take that to my grave. And then the sneaky addition that I really like, Dan, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this as a guy who just is obsessed with the Mariners. It's your West Coast team is Kyle Lewis is just like sneakily a diamondback, and you throw him in the mix on a corner outfield with Alec Thomas and then Jake McCarthy coming off the bench with Corbin Carroll and is Like, that's a good outfield. It's a young outfield. I mean, you have nobody that was born before nineteen ninety three, which was Lourdes Goriel. Like, that's an exciting group.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people are high on the Diamondbacks this year. Um, I think a little bit higher than than I am. Um, yeah. Just from a this year standpoint, now you can definitely see where the future is at for for this team, and obviously it's going to be their their future is going to be an athletic outfield. Yeah. Because even Lourdes Goriel, like athlete. Right, and then you have guys who absolutely burn it up out there. We know how fast Corbin Carroll is. We've talked about him. Jake McCarthy can really run. Allen Thomas is an above average defender who can really run. The Kyle Lewis thing is funny. I had a conversation with a friend last week who texted me and said, "How do you go from being a rookie of the year to DFA so quick?" Um, but it
1: happens a lot more than you think. It does happen a lot more <laughs> than you think.
0: But I also my answer was degenerative knees. Because, like, Kyle Kyle Lewis, like, the thing has been, like, and when it's not a knee, it's a concussion or it's a freak injury of some sort, and he just hasn't been able to hit. Like, Mm -hmm. it's been bad. Now, can he turn it around? Like, if you're the team like the Diamondbacks, why wouldn't you take a flyer on Kyle Lewis?
1: 100%.
0: Why wouldn't you be like, okay, if we can recapture this, like, now we're really doing something. Because, Kyle, he's still young. Can he stay healthy, and can he stay in the big leagues and produce? I don't know. Um, Because... The Mariners clearly don't think so because the Mariners would have kept him.
1: Yeah, but the Mariners right? have so much depth in the outfield. Sure, that but blocked. they also
0: added depth this year. So if they thought he could, they wouldn't have gone out and added that depth. Like A.J. Pollock wouldn't be a Mariner right now if if they
1: thought Kyle Lewis could do it. they, I, I, they let, me, let me cut in real quick because, yes, you're right, but I think they know their window is now. Right. Like they might still believe in Kyle Lewis, but maybe in t- 2024 second half. Right. Like, you know, what I'm I also saying? think it's is AJ sure, Pollock. It's, we need AJ Pollock now.
0: I think it's one of those things because you look at AJ Pollock and there's definitely injury concerns there as well. Like, I think that for the Mariners, it was one of those things like where it's like we can't continue to just. Right. Yes. Yes and no. I agree, but I don't. I agree that like, yes, their window is now and they need to win now. They don't believe that they can do it with Kyle Lewis. They might think that, hey, eventually Kyle Lewis, and if we weren't winning like the Diamondbacks, like we're not ready to mm-hmm. compete for a World Series, we can take the chance, and if it doesn't work out. I also think that the Diamondbacks is a perfect fit for him because perfect who fit. cares mm-hmm. if Kyle Lewis doesn't work out in Arizona when you have the few, like Lourdes Goriel, Corbin Carroll, and all those guys we named, like, so what? If, if Kyle Lewis doesn't turn into a player for them, that organization doesn't care they'll move on no. we took a chance whereas yeah, with the Mariners they couldn't do that right and like obviously the Mariners they already are taking a flyer on a guy right like they're taking a chance they're being patient with uh, Kellynick and they should be and like so it's like they, we can't have both of these guys we in the organization to, and just like hope that they they both work out or even one of them because there's too much injury risk with Lewis there's too much hasn't even sniffed the baseball in the big leagues for Kalanick, um who's off to a good start by the way Um he really looks good, but I, 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 like they don't, they can't, this team can't pitch. I'm sorry. Like outside of gallon, oh, I don't yeah. really love what they have. Dre Jamison intrigues me a little bit. I'm still in a, like, I'm, I would like to wait and see more. They wait have him in see, a back yeah. role right now. Um, which like, that's what's kind of like, okay, well there's something like, what's the issue? Why are they piggybacking Dre Jamison? Why isn't he starting? Because it's like, I don't like the rest of your rotation, right? Like I don't love Merrill Kelly. Um, the Bumgarner thing I didn't get when they signed him. I don't know why. They're still running Bumgarner out there. He's the same guy he's been for the last three years. I have,
1: I'm I've not read a fan. I I read somebody today that said Madison Bumgarner Either you have to give up on him, or he has to change his ways. Which again, maybe he's he's not, not going to change his he's ways. Thirty four. He's but not. like you're literally going out there and throwing slop on a weekly basis and just getting clobbered all the time. Like you are wasting a roster spot. Like there's no way that the guys that they have in prospects are not more capable of getting outs or as capable of getting outs as Madison Baumgartner. And why not go for? You know the future when you have a guy like who cares? Dead money is at this point. He is dead money. Like, just get rid of him. Like you're not, and you're in a different spot. Like if it was the Nationals, I would completely like just like ride it out. Like you don't have anybody to fill that right, rotation like Corbin, spot. You right. ju- yeah, you just need a guy to just come out and just throw. Like just get out. Yeah, you like, need a guy. It, to be it, there. Just just be there. They're in a different place. Like I don't think they can make the playoffs, but like they
0: don't they have can the
1: pitching. Push- they're they can push just, some buttons, you know, like they can piss some teams off. They can beat some teams. Right. They can win some series. They can rattle some, you know, feathers and, and all this stuff like that. Like that, I, I don't know. Merrill Kelly added the change up last year. He upped his change up percentage. And the, cutter, really was, the helped. cutter
0: was huge. The cutter was
1: good. Um, You know, he's nothing more than a three. Zach Allen's it of be an ace, but, you know, Merrill Kelly's a three, four, five starter on a good team, you know, depth piece even potentially. But – you know, they do, they've done a really good job. You want to talk about team that has a niche and who's starting to understand their niche. They like speed and athlete athletes. They've done a really good job identifying guys and they've done a really good job bringing them up, putting them in a position to be successful. So, you know, that does excite me, but you're right about the pitching. You know, we got to see more. Uh, We got to see the ability for their prospects to start to make an impact uh, before we start to kind of be all in on, you know, what they're capable of because they do have work to do on the pitching side of things. But the lineup is exciting. They have depth. They've done a very good job. You know, their AAA team looks good from from what the statistics were on game one Friday. Um, you know, out in the PCL. I saw that they hung up a odd number on the A's. Um so any closing yeah. thoughts on the on nope. the diamondbacks uh so let's get into the san francisco giants i think if i had to put my money on a team that was going to come in last place it'd be the san francisco giants you you can just take it from there
0: i disagree i am but i don't disagree because i think the giants are a really good team don't get me wrong i disagree because i think there's a team that's
1: worse i fair i forgot that the rockies exist i was more for, saying that the giants are going to come behind the Diamondbacks.
0: sure and it's it's completely possible they call it Lightning in a bottle. The first year with Kepler, they haven't proved to be anything other than that. They took a bunch of big swings and misses this year in free agency. We all remember John Heyman with Arson Judge, which will continue to make me laugh for forever, I think, because um, what a bozo John Heyman is. Um, and then they, you know, they threw a bunch of money at uh, Correa. I think, right? They also tried yeah. to get Correa. Well, they, they signed. signed Correa. They signed Correa, right? I yeah. about that. They signed Correa, and then the the the, the medicals go wrong. Yeah, I don't love this team. I don't know why you would. Their their signing was Michael Coforte, who hasn't played baseball in two years. He's a perfect fit for the Giants and what they do. Yeah, I like that fire. He's not going to hit for average. He's going to walk a ton. He's going to pop it once in a while. I don't know how much his power plays in their ballpark um, because we all used to think when when they first started playing there that that place was small and really good for left-handed hitters. Barry Bonds is special. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, but like it's it's not easy to hit a lot of home runs in that ballpark. Um, I don't love their pitching outside of a couple guys. I guess that's not fair. Like I like, I, yeah, I like I love Logan Webb. Um, you're really high on Cobb. I'm coming around on him. I've always been higher on Alex Wood than everyone else, considering how much he's bounced around. Um, Stripling's okay. I really don't like Sean Mania. I don't know yeah. this team. I don't. Their position group is interesting it's just so giants like i don't yeah i don't i don't love them i don't like their outfield really at all they have some interesting pieces i don't know I mean, i'll John tell you Peterson's This Jack is peterson it's weird brandon crawford my like it's in time yeah. for crawford to move on
1: i don't know yeah well i mean he still plays good defense and i think the whole point of this is the organization doesn't love this offense.
0: Correct. That's why they try to, the, to know. Yeah. That's
1: why they try to take big swings. That's why they feel like they need impact talent. So that's all I need to know about the lineup. I don't think we need to go in depth. I think Michael Conforto's a great pickup. Yaz is going to have a lot more success without the shift. Even yeah, though he, he made a good point on uh MLB, MLB Central. Central. said this yeah. will be the year I'll line out to shortstop fifteen times for outs, yeah. like when I could have just done that last year concerns me Joey Bart was supposed to replace Buster Posey. He has not been very good. JD Davis is a solid player. Like it's a solid team that needs more impact talent to really be what, you know, the San Francisco Giants of the early 2010s were, quite frankly, and that's it. Alex Cobb's really good. Logan Webb, you know, I was texting um a couple of Yankees fans cuz obviously he opened up against the Yankees and they were like, "I really like Logan Webb stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah, so do I." But guess what happens? When you play good teams, you give up two home runs and you pitch. He looked really good. He, he was struck out eleven. Sinker. He was great. Yeah, he was. He was great. But guess what? When you don't have Garrett Cole or elite stuff, elite caliber ace stuff, like you just give up two home runs and you lose three nothing. You, well, you with like, that
0: offense, right? Like I think you would think yeah, a lot like, differently of Logan Webb with if the Giants are scoring six runs a game.
1: Exactly, and that's the point. Is like Logan Webb is never going to be what he looks like, I guess. Yeah, what he looks like visually because his stuff moves a lot and his sinkers heavy cuz he's just going to give up home runs because that's not swing and miss elite elite stuff. You know, against the Yankees you get a ton of swing and miss because they swing and miss a lot, but you know, he's just he's just going to give up home runs and and that's fine. Like that's okay. Like that can happen, but he's not going to strike out the world every outing and his stuff's, you know, good, but he's not that's why he's not an ace. Like that's why you we want guys that generate the elite of the elite swing and miss because you can dominate on any given day. Um, So there's definitely work to be done on this roster. They need superstar and they need Joey Bart to be really good. Um, They need superstars in the outfield. They need superstars in the infield. Their prospects aren't great. It's kind of a weird position to be because you trust the giants. You trust what they do. You trust how they've done it for years. And now you look at this roster and you're like, Hmm. Where do they go? Where do they go from here? And 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 that's kind of where my head's at is, you know. I just don't I don't know that team caught lightning in a bottle like you said and and I don't know where they go or what they need. I think they just I hate to say like just be better drafting and developing for a team that does it well. I don't know. Offensively. Yeah, just, I mean,
0: I think they have the right guy in charge to 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 make things go in Farhan Za- Zaidi.
1: Yeah. Right? I agree.
0: Um but they're just not there yet.
1: No, they're not there yet. So let's talk about another. Obviously, before we get into the the exciting groups, I'll, I'll just give you the floor. Quite frankly, just torch the look, torch. The look, hockeys. they're not come
0: good. Here. Like I, I, I know they've they've come out hot and they've won the first couple games of the season. CJ Crone has big power. I don't know why they gave money to Chris Bryant when they don't care about any other portion of the roster. Charlie Blackman's a great ball player, but he's thirty six. He's on the back end of his career. Mike Mustakis is ancient uh look Ryan McMahon that was a good flyer Ryan McMahon you could have been good I disagree but Ryan McMahon you could have been good he doesn't really play defense he goes through really long stretches of not making enough contact which in Colorado is fine if you can hit a fly ball out once a week but he goes through these stretches where he just can't touch the ball I I, I, I don't like anything about this roster their pitching staff is is what it is um good flyer on Dendelson Lamet I guess uh I don't like Aranya. There's a reason that the Marlins got rid of them. I I don't like Freeland, never have. I yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing I like about this roster. Their owner doesn't care either, which is really frustrating. I hate owners who like if you don't care, that's one thing. But then to go out and be like, I think we can be an eighty one ball club. 81 win ball club. Oh, great. That really excites your fan base. And this is an organization who They've had some moments and some flashes, and, and like if you need to know anything, look at the Nolan Arenado trade. They paid to get Nolan Arenado off the roster. How ridiculous, and didn't get anything in return. They don't develop great. I mean, they have a, a million outfielders who show promise, including my guy Brenton Doyle, who's had a really good minor league career. He'll be up at some point, which is really exciting for those of us who know him and played with him. Zach Veen has struggled. He hasn't hit for power. I don't, I, I got nothing like move on. Let's talk about the. Well, Dodgers. I was just going to say,
1: like, when you get to the fact of the matter that, because, like, what is the harm of adding a Mike Moustakis when they added Mike Moustakis? I wish more teams, like, more bottom barrel teams do that. Cause you said you disagreed. That's why I'm just going to say, like, he's available in, in late February. He's going to hit for power. What's the worst thing that happens? You DFA him. What's the best thing that happened? He hits fifteen home runs because the ball travels, and you trade him for you know a prospect. Like guy, had,
0: guy hit two fourteen with seven homers and two hundred and fifty at bats. He was year. hurt. Put him on the roster.
1: He was hurt. Fair, but, but you, like I just, he's 34 got a, years old. I got a minor league deal. Fine, like, fine. Yeah, I'm,
0: no, good. You're right, you're right, you're right. I'm just like, negative not, on that. They're not
1: adding him, like, in terms right, of adding him and expecting him to be a winner. Correct. no like, add, like, Chris Bryant, and like, you know, I almost feel bad for Chris Bryant. I don't blame him for taking the money, and like, he's going to absolutely hit a ton that of That wasn't pumps. the only team
0: that was offering him money, but I don't yeah, know why he, they did. He wants I just to be don't, in the Rockies. That's non- like, that's, that's worse than the Tigers giving Baez the money. Rockies? Why? I forgot Chris Bryant existed.
1: Going yeah, well, into he's here. He could very easily hit fifty-five homers here, sure. and just like if he's okay with not winning, he got his ring. That's fine with me. But I'm with you. Let's let's just Herman Marquez. The fact that he's still there, he's going to be like John Gray, and he's going to go to another team and be really good. So, um, draw a hat. Draw out of a hat here. I'll let you pick who we talk about first. The the Let's Los Angeles Dodgers. We're going to go Padres. Okay. Sure. So, obviously, the San Diego Padres, a lot of off-season hype. You have Xander Bogarts. You have Manny Machado extension. You have Juan Soto trade last year. The Udarvis extension, which I say like, <laughs> like that because it's just not ex- exciting. They're committed to winning. Jake Cronenworth just got extended for seven years, and and which is awesome for him, and we could obviously have a – you know, larger picture conversation about extending your whole roster, which is (laughs) weird Um, because you better hope that all of them are valuable for seven years because you can't go anywhere without them. Um, But when you look at this team, obviously there's the superstars. The big piece is Fernando mania. What is he, what is he, what does he bring and how does he change this roster? But what are your thoughts on this roster as we kind of just dive in on it?
0: I feel with superstars. I mean, this is a really good team. I don't. Yeah, my only concern comes when you when you get to the starting pitching, and that might be even nitpicky a little bit because hey, if you score, I guess I've just seen the movie. If we're gonna we're gonna out hit our pitching flaws, I don't like their. I, I you know their bullpen has a couple really really good pieces. I think it's the starting pitching um, that worries me a little bit. If Ryan Weathers is healthy and can kind of like. He's a guy who flashed early in the year, but like I don't love the Darvish extension. I don't trust you, Darvish. And maybe I'm a fool for that. I don't trust Blake Snell. I don't trust Nick Martinez converting to a starter when he's got two good pitches. Um I I I, I don't like this team. I really don't. I've this this pitching staff. Musgrove's the best guy, no doubt about it. Brent Honeywell, you and I have talked about like
1: I, the fact that we get Brent Honeywell time is just like blows my mind. Ridiculous. Like, like he's not, I, I don't he was, think he's
0: very good, but, they, but it's the offense. I mean, this offense is going <laughs> to be electric. Fell off the it's going to be a nightmare to get through this lineup. Uh, when, when, when does, do we know when Fernando may, is, is back? 20 games. It's okay. So once he comes back from 20 games, if he comes back and his Fernando Tatis and you pair him with Juan Soto, who's not going to be as bad as he was last year, it's impossible. He's too good of a baseball player. Um, if, Manny Machado is Manny Machado, which we expect him to be. If Xander Bogarts is Xander Bogarts, like right there, that's miserable as a pitcher to get through. Then like, I don't hate the edges of their offense, right? Like Hassan Kim's a really good defensive player. I really Mm -hmm. like Jake Cronenworth, especially when he's not like a focal point. Like you're talking about Cronenworth being like your sixth best hitter. No, mm-hmm. oh, like now I really like Jake.
1: Crumley. And he underperformed and big last. Like huge this last team year, underperformed yeah. last year. Like that's yeah. what people forget. And like well, I they, know they went on that run. They're but. like
0: the Phillies who got hot. Right. They're, they were yeah. the same thing. Right. It was like, why aren't they as good as they should be? Um. And I think getting the Dodger monkey off their back in the playoffs was huge because they were terrible against the Dodgers for the last like four years in the regular season. Beating them in the playoffs is massive. And then like Trent Grisham, good edge of the roster player. Nelson Cruz and Matt Carpenter have power upside that are going to be part-time players. Um, And once Tatis comes back, you can jettison Rudinid Odor, who I think is useless. Um, And and so, like, you really like this team. You take... And then, like, to do something that I think... Like, take a flyer on David Dahl, who I thought was going to be a really good ball player. And now he's a Padre, who, like, again, I don't need David Dahl to... Hopefully, if we can stay healthy, I don't need David Dahl to be an all-star or an everyday or a regular or top of the lineup performer. I need David Dahl to just... Here and there, give us a, a jolt when we need it. I love that. Trent Grisham hit ninth. Hassan Kim hit eight nine. Play really good defense. You too. Like, that's where I really like this team. They're short on pitching. They now have no prospects. So, like, you want to talk about pushing the chips to the middle of the table? You have pushed the chips to the middle of the table. You better get a World Series in the next two years. While you have Soto, because you don't know if you're going to keep him, although the rate they're extending players, he probably will. So,
1: like, I see that as of both sides of the. um Sorry to cut you off on that. The rate that they're extending people, I think part of that says that maybe they don't think they can extend. Sure, them.
0: that's why I'm saying. Like, you know win a saying? World Series and th- this year, or next year, win your World Series while you're still on your roster, and you have yeah. all these other guys. Do it now, because. If you get past some of these guys' primes, or something goes wrong here, you're in trouble, and it's going to yeah. get ugly again. Back to the days when they wore those ugly blue and gold uniforms. Um, and they and- do have
1: the best uniforms in baseball. And God does, Fernando Tatis look good in a baseball he does, uniform.
0: He does look good in a baseball uniform. But I, I don't. I I disagree. I don't think they have the best uniforms in baseball. They're up there. You know. You don't like charcoal don't- gray,
1: charcoal ground, charcoal gray. Uh, I mean.
0: Their I uniforms are
1: good. Uniforms are good.
0: I'm just – I got some other ones that come to mind when you talk about great uniforms in baseball. Anyway. Who do you like? I like a lot who? of teams you need. Like who I like better. Dude, we don't have time for this. Let's talk about the Dodgers or give me what you got on the
1: Padres and let's talk about the <laughs> Yeah, Dodgers. I mean like I, he's not a guy I like, but you know, like you need Blake Snell to win a Cy Young. Like you need him to be that guy that you thought you traded for. You need him to be – I, I don't like using this word, but I—you need him to be mature. You need him to be an adult, like because there are peaks and valleys. And because I don't know Blake Snell, that's why I don't like saying things like that. But from the outside looking in, he—he he seems like a guy who doesn't handle adversity well. And when the Rays traded, when he got pulled from the World Series, he didn't handle that well. And then he bashes the rate like you know, like ruffle some feathers on the way out because that was like the talking point. And then you kind of go and underperform when you go to San Diego and, you know, like make the Rays look smart from moving on for him. And, you know, it's not like the Rays got a haul back for him either. Like they were kind of just like, for lack of a better way, kicking him out the door. Um, So go prove that you're special, right? Go prove that you are – an elite pitcher like that. Am I I buying it? No, I'm not saying that because I buy it, but that's what this team needs. Quite frankly, if you pencil Blake Snell in as a one, like we're talking about two, five, 11 punch outs per nine, 165 to 180 innings, Joe Musgrove, two, you Darvish, three. Yeah, we're in it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm in I'm in on that like that now we're ha- now we have a pitching staff, but you have a bunch of high ceiling you have a lot of high ceiling and quite frankly like threes through fives in in today's m l b you need multiple aces to win the playoffs it's it's how you win you need guys who go deep you got need guys who miss bats, you need guys who do all that, and they don't have that ace 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 like that guy that you're gonna throw out there who's gonna like even the Phillies like nolan Wheeler, top of the line guys in that. Beyond that, why like why do you even need depth at that point? You know what I'm saying? Like, not you need depth to get through a season, but like in the playoffs, like you need your guys to go out there and be aces.
0: No doubt. And 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 again, that's what kind of bit them last year. And and I, I yeah, I I don't love their pitch starting pitching. But again, the offense can't find any holes. If Tatis comes no. back and is Fernando Tatis, there are zero holes in that lineup. The problem is his hitting is really hard. So sometimes you're going to need the pitching to step up, but this is a world like this is a World Series caliber team. Yeah, there's no doubt.
1: Could we, they go get
0: Corbin Burns? I don't think they have enough left to trade for Corbin Burns. Do they?
1: No, because they need Dylan
0: Lesko. Right. Like I don't think they have enough left.
1: I don't think they could. Would do you put it,
0: it past Preller to, to trade him though for Corbin Burns to win a World Series this year? I wouldn't.
1: No, if you could extend him.
0: Which I don't. I, which is the question that I can't answer.
1: But yeah. Which, which again, I could. I I always wonder this. Um, like, if you, I don't know who represents Corbin Burns, but let's just say it is Scott Boris. Like, do you call him up and be like, "Hey, like Soto, like how interested is he in in being extended?" And then you go like, Oh, like yada yada yada." Like, "Hey, like I really just want to know would Corbin Burns sign a, a like this number extension with us?" If we I don't drink? know. Can you do that? Is that leading? I don't know. I don't know. Like, if it's just casual conversation, like, I don't hey, know. Like, what is the, like, if we went all in on Corbin Burns, could we get him locked up for years? Like, I don't know. That's and that's a like, great question. Morris, like, I, I always wondered that Corbin Burns probably would probably be just, happier
0: pitching in San Diego.
1: It's warm. Yeah, he would. Exactly. He can't pitch in the cold. All <laughs> right. So, we're going to finish this out um, with the, what is it, like, 97 straight NL West champions, um, Los Angeles Dodgers. They have, 98 straight 100-win seasons. Um, they've never <laughs> lost a game in the NLS to any of these teams. Everybody else is just fighting tooth and nail to to even sniff their jock. So Los Angeles Dodgers, I'll kind of take the lead here and just kind of go into their roster. I mean – it's kind of the year. I mean, I took the under in the prop bet like, like an idiot, um, because it's just the Los Angeles Dodgers, but you kind of see regression at some point name value. They have JD Martinez. They have Jason Hayward who are put past their prime, but are probably going to perform with this group. You have still Freddie Freeman. You still have Max Muncy. You still have Will Smith. You still have Clayton Kershaw, Julio Arias, Noah Syndergaard, like the name value of this roster is like Better than I think we give credit for. Dustin May looked extremely sharp in his first outing of the spring. You have guys like Gavin Stone kicking down the door, waiting to get their debut. They have David, David Peralta to platoon with Trace Thompson out there. You have James Altman, who Collins very high on as a guy who just never gets out. He's a little bit older. I mean, he's our age, but, or he's my age, so he's not old, old, but for prospect making his debut, he's a little bit older. You know, again, this roster is not, what you know, it's not five MVP caliber guys like we've seen in the past. You have the Freddie Freemans of the world, you have the Mookie Betts of the world that could win an MVP and have won MVPs, but you lose Trey Turner, you lose Cody Bellinger, you lose Corey Seeger, and obviously that there's a lot of caution flags up for a lot of people that are questioning like, hey, what is this team going to be? How much value can they have? You lose Gavin Lux to an injury, but as you kind of break down this team, there's again we're comparing these teams to their expectations. If you took the logo away from LA and put it on the Arizona Diamondbacks, I'd be like, this team's great. I love it. I love what they're doing with the expectations that the Diamondbacks have. When you expect to win 100 games, there's definitely some question marks there.
0: What if I told you before the last two years, this Dodgers roster looked like the previous five Dodgers rosters that won 100 games in, in, in a World Series? Right? Like, yeah. I mean, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seeger. That was great. Those the last couple years where they had that was fantastic. But when you go back to like the 2017 18s, this is what the roster looked like.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like
0: a bunch of guys who are going to play. Like, Dave Roberts is going to, like, Mookie will be in the lineup every day. Freddie Freeman will be up in the lineup every day. And you can stop there. Everyone else is going to play a ton. Max Muncie will will be in the lineup every day. Thank you. And then all these, like, Hayward's going to get his opportunities. JD's going to get his opportunities. Outman's probably going to turn himself. I think he'll turn himself into an everyday guy. Peralta will play a bunch. Taylor, Trace Thompson, and they'll win games. They will put pressure on you. These guys will all probably um, be mixed in in such a way by Dave Roberts and, and that organization where they're going to bring you above value every single night. They're going to go on hot stretches. They're going to pitch the baseball. Everyone has forgotten about Dustin May. If Dustin May stays healthy – you probably won't even remember that Walker Buehler is supposed to be on this staff. That's just my personal opinion. You mentioned um, you mentioned Gavin Stone knocking down the door. So is Bobby Miller, who might be better. Like this team, like I'm telling you right now, everyone who says there's holes, there's holes. Yeah, they don't have Trey Turner. I get it. They don't have Corey Seager. I get it. Cody Bellinger wasn't good the last two years anyway. I understand that. Justin yeah, so Turner is not that. there anymore. But like, what if I told you Max Monksey really good? What if I told you for some reason Chris Taylor continues to be really good for this team? Like, they're still going to win 95 games. I think they're still going to win 95 games. I still, they might not win 111. 111's only gotten a one World Series and it was in a shortened year anyway. So, like, this team could still win the World Series. And I think if there's a year where it happens, I said this when we did prop bets, it's the year where everyone's like, there's holes. Man, the Padres are catching up to them, there's holes.
1: And I just feel like it's like,
0: this is like, you're, when we put, we put expectations on teams a lot of times based on past performance. And like you said, if you took the logo away from LA, you'd be talking about how great this roster is and how great this team is. If you put them in pretty much any other city. So like, if this was the Padres roster, we'd be so high on the Padres. We would be like, Oh, the Padres are, Padres are really good this year. Like you said, with the Diamondbacks. So I think that, I just think that, Can we hold – I just want everyone – and I'm not talking about you, obviously. I'm just like you've seen a lot this year from a lot of writers and media people. No, (laughs) a lot of writers and people saying this this roster has question marks. This roster has holes. Wait and see. Talk to me on Memorial Day.
1: And in comparison to literally arguably the best constructed team ever. Like over the last couple of years, they've literally – they've had five MVP candidates sure. on the roster at one I'm, time. I, I like, am agreeing with on- it. Pull up their no, 2018 roster. No, I know. I know. And I'm agreeing with you. I'm just trying to say like, yes, no, that's not sustainable to have five MVP candidates or MVP winners, sorry, winners on your roster for five, 10 straight years. No, like that's not sustainable. Like of course they have holes in comparison to that. And in comparison to like the league, they don't have any holes. They don't have any holes. They have question marks, but they don't have holes. No. The lineup doesn't have holes. Their pitching rotation is deep. Their top prospects. Listen to this De- Diego Cartaya is in double A. Bobby Miller's in triple A. Miguel Vargas is in the MLB. Michael Bush is in triple A. Gavin Stone's in triple A. Ryan Pepio's in MLB. Andy pa- pa- Pagas is in double A. James Altman, who's number nine, is in the MLB. You have Nick Nostrini, who's in double A. Nick Frasso's is in double A. Like, out of their top 11 prospects, only one of them is in high A, and it's Dalton Rushing, who's a high-floor catcher guy anyway, who was drafted last year, who could just skyrocket up prospect rankings this year. He's a he's a Louisville catcher. Tell, have you heard that one before? Yeah, <laughs> Will Smith um, is basically exactly who he is. And like so let's just say hypothetically they do lose – a certain guy to an injury, right? They have so much depth. Like they have so many guys that can just come up. So you take the guys on a one-year deal, like the Jason Haywards, like the J.B. Martinez and just say like, Hey, if you perform great, if you don't, you know, James Outman could take your spot. Michael Bush could take your spot. Miguel Vargas could take your spot. Oh, our pitching rotation isn't doing great. Hey, Bobby Miller, come on. Here's the ball. Gavin Stone, here's the ball. Ryan Pepeo, here's the ball. Like, and those are guys that in the Dodgers, like we've seen this time and time again, like they just perform. Like Matt Beattie goes right. to the Dodgers and hits 280 with some flashes right. some power and plays 15 different positions. It's like, yeah, well, he was before the game, he's out there selling hot dogs and beer. And then they're like, hey, come on down. And he goes two for three with a walk. Like it's like,
0: they're like, ridiculous. What, no, I know. Do and, do it? Why, why they haven't won more in the postseason, I don't know. Um, Mark DeRosa made an interesting point. Um
1: What did he say? I didn't
0: hear it. Talking just about how like they they you guys they, they rush to their bullpen in the postseason and it and it leaves him confused sometimes. Um because it's like well, why are you in such a hurry to get this all star caliber starter out of the game to go to Tony Gonsolin? Um well,
1: so that's that is definitely selection bias because how many times did they leave Clayton Kershaw in one inning too long?
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean, that was more when Don Mattingly yeah. was the manager mm-hmm. and that, they were a little different, just more so in recent years when you're talking about the iterations of the teams in the last, like, five, six years. I'm don't, don't, I don't, i not saying that's the answer. You can argue with D-Row on that one. I, I don't know what it is. It's an interesting it's, point. It's a thought. Thaw- yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this team's going to be really good and I think they're going to win the NL West. Sorry, Padres fans. Like, I just do.
1: I, I don't think <laughs> – I, I would I would think the – Padres are going to win the NL West, but I, I'm with you on the fact that if there's any year that the Dodgers win a World Series, it's this year. Not to mention, just throwing this out there, there's two free agents at the end of the year, and if there's any farm system that has the depth to just go get them in the trade at the mid, mid-season point, don't be surprised if, if Shohei Otani is, is trotting in, in Dodger blue. Don't be surprised if Corbin Burns is coming out. If they the game, can one we get that to
0: happen? How do we manifest Corbin Burns and Shohei to the Dodgers? They can't the get line? both of them. You think Let's, they can get
1: both of them? No, go. but
0: how do we make it happen? Could you imagine?
1: I mean, Shohei Otani is more likely to be moved than Corbin Burns. I think. Sure. I don't know.
0: That's an interesting. That's an interesting point. We'll talk I think about that in July. The, but yeah, the I mean, Brewers are to,
1: more cl- close are closer, but my the I was Angels thinking are. more.
0: I was. Thinking about it more from, so from ownership of both sides.
1: Yeah, I, I see both sides. I think they're then I would probably put it at even, but I just feel like the, if the Brewers are in a position to win, they would hold on to them. I think. I don't know. You hope.
0: Know. They were in a position to win last year. They were in the playoff race, and they traded Hader.
1: Yeah, but maybe, you know, we, we've been saying this since Edwin Diaz, which, again, we're going to do the East preview here soon. Relievers are replaceable. Yeah, Relievers are replaceable. Bullpens are important. Right. Oops. Maybe. Maybe you know, like uh, I don't know, but yeah. So like, they if they go and snap up Shohei Otani at the deadline, I, I a might pass out, but B like, yeah, go get in the wild card and go win. A I World wanted Series. to happen so bad, and then sign them for five hundred years for f- five hundred billion dollars, <laughs> and, and you're you're good to go. And I don't know, just like I'm looking at their prospects, man. And I know we've done like we haven't looked at everybody's farm system. And I'm like I think they get overrated their prospects too sure. because of how good they are it's at the Alabama developing. bump. Yeah, it's the it's the Alabama bump, but I love their farms. So, like Me does too. that make sense <laughs> that too. I think no, they're no. overrated, I mean, but I, I love how their how many farm years system. for
0: how many years now has Bobby Miller been my favorite prospect? True. I mean Bobby Miller's been my favorite prospect. And um Jackson Churio is getting close. Do love me some Jackson nice, Churio. That's kind of more recent, but yeah, man. I, I
1: like, yeah. I mean, it's I, I love and, the and Dodgers like, farm system. Why you love like and why you can also love them is like, of course, I'm gonna pick them. I'm gonna go with somebody whose name I can pronounce. Like Emmett Sheehan's gonna be a stud. Maddox Bruns is gonna be a stud. Like you grow, you go down this list. Like they have so many guys. Joshua DePaula is unbelievable. Like, if anybody's wants to know a name that you should be watching out for, it's him. Nick Frosso, Nick Nestrini. Like, I'm telling you, like, there are so many guys that River Ryan has elite stuff. Like, th- you should on the Brooks, shout that- out
0: D2 guy.
1: Yeah, like the these played guys shortstop that- and
0: hit uh, and hit went like uh, seven for thirteen against us, and then closed a game when I was in college, pumping like ninety six. Uh, tell me
1: if you, huh? Have I heard that before? That, drafted, there, by the a Dodgers. drafted a guy who drafted by the Dodgers shortstop. from D two as a shortstop. I wonder if, I wonder if uh,
0: the, uh, River Rhines is addicted to barrels as the the other guy is though. Right now in the hey,
1: relax, relax, He, <laughs> he is. He gives up a lot of sprint.
0: homers. He, just, does Josiah Gray not give up a lot of home runs?
1: He gives. Well, I I mean he. <laughs> He didn't give up a home run all spring and then lead off home run. He (laughs) loves giving up home runs.
0: Baby River Ryan doesn't.
1: Who loves giving up home home runs more, Hunter Green or Josiah Gray?
0: Josiah Gray, Hunter Green loves giving up runs more. (laughs) I'm glad I'm the one who got to take a shot at Hunter Green this time. It feels nice.
1: (laughs) Um. Yeah, Hunter Green, we love you still. I mean, we love all baseball players, but you know, we we have to be negative in some forms. If we were just like flowers, sunshine, and rainbows, I don't think anybody would listen to us. Um, But yeah, I mean, super excited for for obviously the season being here. Um, Really good, really in depth, long, obviously. But we're gonna try to knock out these previews as best as possible so we can actually talk about you know live baseball, and that's why we're gonna take a long episode here. So. If you're still listening, make sure you like, share, subscribe, rate and review helps the podcast, you know, trick some algorithms here and there. Um, make sure you're sharing with five friends. It helps us in any way. Now that opening day is here, I know the, the ad read is going to still be the saying that opening day is coming. We're going to have to record a new one here, um, but uh, make sure you're using the Promo code backside ground ball. Again, backside ground ball. Get out, watch a game. Uh, super exciting. Follow on all social channels. Um, just enjoying this. We got some big news coming over the next coming weeks about another partnership that we do have. So, um, you know, stay tuned. We're growing as quickly as possible and, and we're definitely enjoying doing this. And until next time, we'll see you guys on the next podcast.
0: Mm-hmm.